0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast, I'm your host Andre Hutchins, even though it might not sound that way, yes it is me, and I do apologize for my raspy, froggy throat voice, Um, I've been a little under the weather the last few days, however, I am still going to push out these podcasts, and I'm sorry if it sounds terrible on your end and just how my voice sounds, but... I'm dedicated. I want to do this. I hope you guys can just bear with me, uh, but we've got a great episode for you today. This is episode 46 of Backseat Directors, and it is our latest movie review. It is going to be a holiday-themed one. I was actually, uh, I was really not planning on doing this movie review, um, but uh, things just kind of worked out. My schedule worked out, and we've got a great guest host for you today today. His name is Ernie Gutierrez. He is a, a fellow movie reviewer and aspiring film writer, um, and he, he's he's going to be a great guest, and I'm excited to have him on today. I'm excited to have all of you here listening. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Ernie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Andre. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Hey, <laughs> that might be an understatement, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I can't. I can't remember how long ago that you, you reached out to me and uh, you know expressed interest on coming on the podcast. But uh, you know, I, I, I just because of my schedule and how the podcast runs and things like that, and, and uh, you are not the only one who's been trying to get on the podcast. But Ernie, <laughs> I am. I am happy that you were patient, and I am happy that you are finally going to get to be a backseat director.
1: There we go, there we go. You know what they say, all good things. So I'm I was happy to be patient, and uh, I'm glad to be talking to you.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more, man. So, um, well, I, I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit, but before we get into the get-to-know-you questions, um, you, mm-hmm. are, um, you, you do your own movie reviews and movie critiquing and things like that, and it was initially on Instagram that you and I connected, and so I, I know you do movie right. reviews on Instagram, so give us a little bit of background on, I, I guess, your... Your love of movies, how did that come about, and what made you want to start writing movie reviews?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I grew up living movies. Uh, it had a lot to do with my mom. She's a big movie fan, and so she got me started early on with classic movies, and that kind of just uh, got the ball rolling, and I've just been a huge movie movie not ever since. And in recent years, you know, friends and family, you know, have always asked my opinion on movies and, and asked if there's a, a way they can hear or see what I had to think about them. And so uh, I decided to jump in and, and, like you said, got started on Instagram first and now have a, a website and then also dipping my toes in the, in the podcasting world myself.
0: Nice, nice no, That's very exciting And I'm going to give you a chance at the end of the podcast, Ernie To give your plug on you know, how people can reach out to you on social media And, and your website So listeners, stay awesome. tuned to that Yeah, so stay to the end And Ernie will be able to give all that information So awesome, Ernie Yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and get into uh, this podcast And we're going to start off with the first portion That is our get to know you questions
1: Now it's time for some get to know you questions
0: Okay, are you
1: ready? I'm ready.
0: All right, man, this is uh, this is how we do it, five questions, and uh, each one is just a deep dive into your movie fandom and just your preferences on what you like about movies. So question number one, what is your desert island movie?
1: Well, my favorite movie of all time is, is Jaws, but uh, I was thinking about this, and if I was on a desert island uh, the movie that I would have on all the time, always entertains me. I think would be Back to the Future.
0: Oh, nice, man! Excellent. That's an excellent choice. Now, I was going to say, if Jaws was your your desert island movie, you might end up staying on that desert island forever, Stay watching out. Jaws. <laughs> right, right. No, those are excellent, man. Yeah, I love, I love both of those movies. Uh, well nice. tell t- tell me a little bit about, I guess, your love of uh, Back to the Future.
1: Yeah, I just think it's, uh, it's a perfect movie from beginning to end, and it's got something in there for everybody, you know, where you can relate to, you know, with the family ties and everything, and, and uh, I just think it's a, a very funny movie, very, you know, engaging movie, and it's just, like I said, anytime I put it on or if it's on TV, I get sucked into it and have to watch.
0: I love it, man. That's excellent. Okay, question number two, what is your favorite movie theater snack?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I would have to say, growing up, the popular one, uh, again, started by my mom was uh, popcorn with peanut M and M's mixed in.
0: Love it. Yep.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, you can't go wrong with that choice. But uh, for like quick and easy movie theater snack, I really like um the uh, trolley sour bright crawlers. You know the sour worms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are good. Those are my favorites. You know, of late.
0: No, I love those, man. All, all of the above. Yeah, I'm, you know, my preferences <laughs> when it comes to candy is always first and foremost sour candies. Sure, um, sure. but Yeah, no, peanut M&Ms with popcorn, there is, really is no better combo, man. That stuff is good. <laughs> okay, question number three, Ernie. What was the first movie that made you cry?
1: Uh, I would have to say, and it's kind of bordering on a spoiler, but it's, it's a movie that's been out a while, but it would be E.T. Oh. And, uh... And actually twice, twice it made me cry. One, and again, spoiler alert, uh, you know, when E.T. quote unquote dies, definitely got me. And then obviously the ending when E.T. goes home. Um, So, but yeah, when I was a little kid and saw that, um, yeah, definitely, definitely broke me down.
0: So I I need to ask you this. and You don't have to give any specific details about your own personal um information but were did were you did you grow up in the 80s or the, or the 90s like when when you saw et were how, how old were you do you think uh
1: i didn't see it i grew up in the in the 80s um i didn't see it though until it was on vhs so uh probably like 6 or 6 or 7 probably
0: yeah i i th- i was probably around the same age and so i I remember watching that movie all the time as a kid. And this, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a total tangent. Um, I had, it, it had probably been 10 years since I'd seen that movie. And I watched it last year, honestly, like at least in a decade. And Mm -hmm. it was like, it was like going back in time. And you're a kid again, seeing those opening scenes, you know, when, when, when all the boys are, I'm pretty sure they are they playing D and D? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're playing D and D. They've got pizza and everything. And, you know, I, I just like that, that whole episode or that whole scene, I mean, in that movie, it just, it brought it back and yeah, just a lot of good memories associated with that movie. Good choice. Well, I guess not good, not necessarily a choice, but uh, yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> first movie that made you cry, E.T. Okay, Ernie, question number four. Do you have a favorite movie director and or actor?
1: I, I have both actually. Um, my all time favorite director has to do with my favorite movie and that's steven spielberg oh i so... see what you
0: mean by spoiler alert <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um so yeah it, well, i guess that's a, that's, been...
0: that's a running theme with jaws jaws and steven spielberg yeah. at yeah yeah
1: it kind of runs through my my favorites there but uh um yeah it's any any spielberg movie you know uh, that comes out i i definitely it's on the top of my must-see list and uh and as far as a favorite actor, I guess you know they kind of go hand in hand as well because it's it's Tom Hanks. It's the same thing. Oh, uh, any Tom nice. Hanks movie yeah. that comes out, got to go see it.
0: Well, then I I think it's safe to say that you're probably looking forward to the post coming out this month.
1: I am, I am. So yeah, it's a safe bet. I'll be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that movie looks very good. But I, I, you know, as excited as I am for that movie, I think the Steven Spielberg movie I'm really looking forward to is Ready Player One.
1: <laughs> yes. That looks great. I love the book and, and the trailer makes it look like he, he did a great job with it. So. Oh, nice.
0: So you read the book.
1: I did. I did. And you liked it? I did. I definitely recommend it. If you haven't read it, you've got time before March. So you can jump in and read it. And it's a, it's a good read.
0: Nice. Nice. That sounds good. Okay, Ernie. Last question. If you could change the ending of any one movie, which movie would it be and how would you change it? And if there are spoilers, go ahead and let the listeners know there's a spoiler coming. <laughs>
1: Sure, sure. There is a spoiler coming, so let's get that <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> but, okay. uh, but, um, and it might be a little controversial, I don't know, but uh, I would change the ending of The Dark Knight. Ooh. Okay,
0: yeah. I, all right, I'm, I'm ready to hear this. I'm ready to hear this. And and listeners, this is definitely going to be a spoiler. I, I want you to tell me exactly how you would make it different because I, I think I'm going to agree with you. Let, go ahead.
1: All right, all right, let's see. Um, so what I would do is with... The Harvey Dent character, I kind of – instead of how it ends originally, which is he becomes Two-Face and then dies at the end of the movie, um, I think I would leave that transformation to kind of like a cliffhanger or kind of hinted at what he's going to become because as it is, it feels like they shoehorn that whole transformation from Harvey Dent to Two-Face only to kill him off like in a span of like 10 minutes. I know, yeah. So, I think if they kind of hinted at, you know, oh, in the next one he's going to become Two Face, and then he could have been Two Face in, in The Dark Knight Rises, and just focus on Batman versus the Joker in The Dark Knight, I think it would have been a much better ending to the movie.
0: Yeah, you know, so I, I enjoyed having Harvey Dent become Two-Face, but yeah, to to totally dispose of his character that quickly in, in just the very final act of the movie, I, I definitely okay. did not like that choice. Because you, you know how in The Dark Knight Rises you kind of have these other... Um, the, the, you know, i guess all the villains kind of resurfacing toward the end because mm-hmm. you get you, you know it's not just bane but you get scarecrow there as well and if right if if 2 Face could have been incorporated somehow i think that would have been interesting definitely i agree yeah no good choice man awesome i like it well listeners i hope you <laughs> liked ernie's answers to uh the get to know you questions and uh since we are through that first portion of the podcast let's move on to the meat of it and ernie we're going to introduce this week's movie review
1: Backseat Directors presents this week's movie.
0: And this week's movie review is going to be on the biopic The Man Who Invented Christmas.
1: Movie details. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Humbug. 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 Homes. Humbug. 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 Ham-bug. Humbug. 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 Christmas a humbug, Uncle. You don't mean that, I'm sure. Humbug. Ah, humbug.
0: Quoting directly from the movie website, The Man Who Invented Christmas tells the magical journey that led to the creation of Ebenezer Scrooge, Tiny Tim, and other classic characters from A Christmas Carol. The film shows how Charles Dickens mixed real-life inspirations with his vivid imagination to conjure up unforgettable characters and a timeless tale, forever changing the holiday season into the celebration we know today. The Man Who Invented Christmas was released in U.S. theaters on November 22, 2017, and it has a running time of 1 hour and 44 minutes. The movie is rated PG for thematic elements and some mild language. Uh, listeners, this movie is... I, I, I mean, there there might be some, um, I guess, unpleasant scenes, or I, maybe unpleasant is the wrong word, um, but just more darker, scary scenes for... Uh, kids, especially when you see Marley's ghost and things like that. However, it's PG. It's a Christmas movie. If your kids are familiar with the Christmas Carol story, uh, this movie is totally appropriate for them. The movie stars Dan Stevens as Charles Dickens, Christopher Plummer as Ebenezer Scrooge, Jonathan Price as John Dickens, father to Charles Dickens, and Morford Clark as Kate Dickens, wife to Charles Dickens. So, Dan Stevens, <laughs> I'm sure most everyone knows him from Downton Abbey, but he also played Beast this year in Beauty and the Beast. Um, I, I quite enjoyed his performance. I think he did a great job. However, the standout actor for me was Christopher Plummer and his rendition of Ebenezer Scrooge. I loved him as Ebenezer. Um, so, the movie was directed by uh, Baharat Naluri. Born in India and raised in England, Naluri has his directorial name credited to many TV projects uh, in the UK, including the hit British TV series MI5. He also directed the 2008 film Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day, starring Amy Adams. The movie had a pro- uh, well, actually, sorry, I-, I was actually unable to find any financial information regarding the film's production budget, however there's no doubt uh, in my mind that this was a low budget film, and I would be surprised if it cost more than $10 million to make. Opening weekend box office numbers in the U.S. fared decently, opening at approximately $1.4 million. And in just two weeks, the movie has grossed over $3 million domestically. I don't think the movie has yet released internationally, so I, I definitely expect this number to soar uh, once it gets an international release. Okay, everyone, let's get on with this movie review.
1: Backseat Directors, movie review.
0: Okay, Ernie, so we we have been trying to connect on doing a movie review for... At more than a couple months, I think it's been it's been a while. And right. even even I, and I knew I was going to try to get you to uh, you know get on the podcast uh, probably in the month of December. And we were trying to decide between a couple movies, um, but this mm-hmm. this was a movie that uh, it just ended up that you, you and I had both seen it, and we both had time, and so yeah, it definitely worked out. Initially, I was not so sure I was going to be uh, be able to one have time to do the movie review, um, or that I even wanted to do it. But but I. Okay, and I don't want to give away my my review, but uh, I <laughs> I love the Christmas Carol. I, I love that story. I it, it is, it is a movie that we watch not just once. Uh, you know, in, in my family, as a tradition around Christmas, but multiple times because we watch multiple versions of it every single okay. Christmas. And so, yeah, I was very much looking forward to this movie. Do you? Did did you and your family, or did, were you guys? Uh, you have any traditions of watching this? Or or is A Christmas Carol not necessarily anything in your guys' family that you guys, uh, you know, I, 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 as a Christmas tradition? Does that make sense?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely love The Christmas Carol Story. Um, and uh, our family does watch a version of it. Uh, it's, it's become a favorite of ours. Um, and that's uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Um, so that's that's always the one we kind of watch we usually we for all together we watch it on Christmas Eve together and uh, and yeah that's that's the one that definitely resonates with us and and I think that has a lot to do with Bill Murray but, uh, <laughs> but yeah it's uh, it, like I said I've, I've I enjoy uh, a Christmas Carol and and all its variations um and then I, I think if I had to pick another one that I really like I think it would be uh, the Albert Finney version oh Ooh, nice.
0: nice choice, man. Nice choice. You know, <laughs> I, I I do like the Bill Murray version. It, it's it's very unique and it's very '80s, and and I like that. <laughs> right, uh, but, right. So the Albert Finney one, and it, it's it's really my dad who is he, he's the one that created the the tradition of a Christmas Carol and his love for that story in, in the movies. But specifically, it is the Albert Finney um, musical version that he. That it, that is his favorite, and so nice. we watch. Yeah, we watch that one every year, and, it, and it's not called A Christmas Carol; it's just called Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, but as a kid, I grew up. Uh, I grew up with like the Muppets Christmas Carol. You know, we watch that also one good. all the time. That's yeah, it's very good. Uh, one that I've really grown to love recently it was the Jim Carrey uh, Disney um, c- computer animated one that came out a few years ago. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy that one. And and one of the reasons is because of how closely it resembles the book. And so, you know, uh, each, each, each movie, each version of the Christmas Carol, you know, they're, they're all kind of different. They all take their, you know, have their own spin on it. And and I enjoy that. But if you want, if you want a Christmas Carol movie, that is, that is the closest to the book. It's probably the Jim Carrey version. At least that, that's what I've been able to, uh um, to, to pinpoint at least out of the versions that I've seen. So, okay. So going into this movie then, were you excited to see it? Well, tell me, tell me, I guess your level of enthusiasm going to see, uh, the man who invented Christmas.
1: Yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm a big Christmas movie fan. Um, you know, de- you know, any one of them helps get in the spirit. And so definitely in the month of December, it's kind of Christmas movies around the clock for me. And, uh, so, yeah, when I saw the trailer for, for The Man Who Invented Christmas, I was definitely intrigued, and, you know, the cast looked great, and, uh, and yeah, so, I, you know, when Thanksgiving rolled around, that's, uh, that's where my family and I went.
0: Yeah, so t- tell me your, t- I guess, tell me your first impression after seeing the movie. What'd you think of it?
1: Uh, I, I really was impressed with, with the story itself, you know. It's not the, the traditional biopic. Um, no, it's not. That, it's,
0: it's, it's very different, definitely.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, that was a little unexpected, but uh, but I enjoyed it overall. And and you know I'll say my thoughts when we get into the different sections. But uh, but yeah, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. So the only, I guess, uh, a more recent biopic that I've seen this year um, is Goodbye Christopher Robin. I- I'm not sure if you got a chance to see that, but that's that's the story behind the story. Just just like the man who invented Christmas is the story behind the story of A Christmas Carol. Um, Goodbye, okay. Christopher Robin was the story behind the story of Winnie the Pooh. So that that mm-hmm. was the biopic of A. Milne and, and how he was inspired to create Winnie the Pooh and the Winnie the Pooh characters, Hundred Acre Woods, etc. And that was a fantastic movie. But to compare these two, they're so different in terms of their tone and sure. just the lighthearted nature that is The Man Who invented Christmas. And even though there are some... Uh, deep, more emotional subjects that the man in Bis- uh, the man who invented Christmas does touch upon. It is a more lighthearted movie, and and I, I enjoyed it, and I, I think I think for the Christmas season, and for anyone who who is interested, you know, in going out to see a movie. You know, that just like you said, to watch a Christmas movie to get you in the Christmas spirit. Um, you know, this this is definitely one I think that will help people get themselves into that Christmas spirit. So. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. I really did. And and it's probably more because I am a big fan of A Christmas Carol and of Charles Dickens himself as an author. And so okay. see, seeing this movie as kind of that behind the scenes on you know, how, how did Charles Dickens get inspired to write this movie? Like in, in the small little things, like when he, you know, in the movie where it shows him anytime he meets someone and he, he thinks that they have a good name, you know, that would right. resonate well right. as, as a, as a character in his books, he writes it down. And I thought that was so fascinating. Um, I Oh, so this is another thing. So I, I'm not sure if, um if you, uh, you know, I, I didn't take too much time. I should have, I should have spent more time on researching I guess how true to life um, the man who invented Christmas is compared to, you know, what liberties the movie took to, you know, fictionalize more, I guess of a story to create a good movie. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a website that I found called history versus Hollywood.com. And, and yeah, so this website, they specialize in, you know, in really breaking down a movie that is a biopic or, you know, some type of narrative on history um and they and they research it to see how factual it is compared to you know true history, and what I found was a good I mean, I, I would say at least ninety percent of this movie is you know true to history in fact, and so yeah those little things like him, Charles Dickens taking out a notepad and writing down people's names to use them as characters in his book that that's real he would do that, and so oh, okay. yeah those those were things that I really really enjoyed and just learning about. You know who Charles Dickens it Charles Charles Dickens is, and you know yeah, what made him come up with this story. So um, okay, let's let's. So what I always like to do though, uh, Ernie, is I like to get the bad taste out of our mouth first, and let's talk about our critiques <laughs> or the things that we d- didn't like about the movie. So why don't you go ahead and go first?
1: Sure. Uh, I think the my main critique would be um, it kind of takes a little while to get going to really kind of settle into its groove.
0: Yes, um, I agree. I
1: think f- for like the first fifteen minutes or so. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, of tough sledding. And, um, but once, once they really get into, you know, the creativity striking him and and him getting off and going and meeting the various characters and, and the story itself gets going, uh, then it really becomes a lot of fun to watch and, and, and enjoyable. But, uh, Um, you know, like I said, I saw with my family and and some of my family members had that same feeling, like it was a little, little rough in the beginning, but, uh, but they also enjoyed it once it really kind of got into the meat of the movie. So that's my, that's my biggest critique, I think.
0: Yeah. And I, I I totally agree. I think uh, up until up until Scrooge appears once Scrooge appears and and Charles mm-hmm. Dickens is starting to create the characters the moment Scrooge appears I think that's really when the movie gets going but I agree I, I didn't I didn't like the beginning of the movie I, I thought there were the, I, especially the intro was somewhat confusing when he he's in the United States and, and I don't really know what he's doing there I don't know if it's some type of um, you know publicity to like promote his book. Or his right. the, the books that he's been writing, or if it's some type of like lecture circuit, or what whatever it is. But I I guess he's in New York City. He's doing something in front of crowds, you know. And it it was just kind of I don't know. It, it was I thought it was an odd way to start the the movie to me. It really it, it, it didn't seem necessary.
1: Exactly. It really was. It kind of seems. I guess they were trying to set a good background of the success Dickens had had up to that point. Yeah. But it's kind of. It's kind of a curveball because it really has nothing else to do with the movie. And I think if they had just started it off with him in London, um, you know, coming up with the story, I think that would have been a stronger beginning, or at least introducing him and his family. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a confusing, muddled beginning, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that was probably the intent of of the director to, to show you that Charles Dickens is a successful author, however before he is actually able to write a Christmas Carol he's I guess he's fallen on hard financial times and even then even then I think the movie struggles to really show you how strapped for cash the Dickens family is um, right. I, I, I think they do well in showing you that um, that they are a fairly affluent family and they do have money you know but mm-hmm. his last couple of books were not successful. <laughs> and and you know and so he's trying he's trying to create something that's going to kind of get him back on track and so th- this is kind of just a, a, a fun factoid i guess but uh charles dickens had 10 kids i did not know this go- before i saw the movie uh before he published a uh, christmas carol his wife was pregnant with their 5th so, you know, there is a scene in the movie where she, you know, she turns to him and they're in bed and she says, you know, basically, I'm pregnant. But that was that was their fifth child. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and, and going back to, I guess, our, our critiques and what we were saying, I, I, I agree. The intro to the movie was confusing. It felt unnecessary. I, I think I understand why they were doing it. Um, however, yeah, to, to establish this idea of Charles Dickens and his family are well off and they've made good money from his books. Um, but now they're kind of struggling. I, I I do think the movie struggled in creating that, you know, that understanding of where they were at in their lives.
1: No, I agree. I agree. And and to your point about not really selling the struggle, like you said, you know, they definitely show that, you know, they're well off, that they're doing well despite their struggles. But those struggles are just kind of hinted at in, in you know, various comments. You know, you don't really see right, the strain right, or the right. struggle at all. Um, but, but, you know, that's just a minor quibble, you know, that didn't really impact the movie for me, but, uh, but yeah, I I get where you're coming from on that. You know, it'd have been nice to maybe see a little bit more of that struggle to help connect the movie to the beginning of when he's successful.
0: Right. Yeah. What else? What else? I guess, would you have uh, done differently about the movie or things you didn't like?
1: Uh, Um, I felt in this, this, uh, probably is is not again not that big of a of a critique but um i thought the movie was a lot more entertaining and successful when it focused on him in writing and like you said coming across different characters in london that gives him inspiration or different moments you know that gives him inspiration than when it focused on him and his family or him and his his dad it's um, I thought those moments, well, still good. I thought they just kind of detracted from from the overall momentum of the movie. You know, it kind of right. was a fun pace when it was focusing on him working on the story. But then it kind of downshifted when it went back into the family drama in a sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and just because it, it was, it, it's like a tale of two different movies. Because that, that, that is exactly what the movie was attempting to do, you know, in that, it's trying to show you how the Christmas Carol story was created, but also, yeah, it's like a separate movie of Charles Dickens as the man and not the author and, you know, all all of his personal struggles and issues that he was dealing with in his life. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it, was, it, it was interesting how they were trying to delineate that within the movie itself and telling that story because, yeah, it almost could have been two separate movies. Really, it could have. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. I think that's a great call out too, um, you know, because what you learn about Charles Dickens, you know, outside of, you know, that he had a couple flops in, in, in some of the books that he wrote, um, and that at that point in time, they were struggling financially, um, was, you know, this, this I, I guess the upbringing that he had and issues that he had with his dad and, you know, him going to work off it or go, going to work in, a, um, oh, I, I guess it was a, just like a warehouse or a workhouse or something like that when he was a kid because his dad was sent to prison or to debtor's prison. Um, right. You know, and then having to reconcile his relationship with his dad. But, I, you know, I the way that I saw that, and, and even though it, it, it may have not meshed well within the movie and having those two separate stories of Charles Dickens, um, was that it, it was almost like it's like, the Scrooge character that he created, there's a, there's in essence a, a part of Scrooge within Charles Dickens, you know that he ha, that he's trying to overcome himself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that and I and I think you know toward the the climax of the movie and and at the end and you know the way that Charles Dickens is able to reconcile, um, that, that's kind of that's kind of the impression that I get. Tell me what you thought of uh, <laughs> what you thought of how the actor or the characters in the book came to life you know, that he would have conversations with them. What do you think of that?
1: I I really dug it. I, I you know, being, you know, kind of that person who has to look at a, a blank screen, you know, and nowadays, and when it comes time to write reviews and whatnot. So just seeing his creative process and, and even, um, you know, on the side, I've written scripts as well. And so, you know, just, you know, you have your conversations with your characters when you're writing a story. And so I thought they did a great job with, uh, you know, having that aspect of, of the characters kind of come to life for, for Dickens and, and for him to interact with it. I thought that is what made the movie a lot of fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I guess we're kind of transitioning to our highlights now because that that sure. is my highlight of the movie. I, I loved Christopher Plummer as Scrooge and and the dialogue between both him and Dickens, I love really? how mean Scrooge was to, to Charles Dickens in the movie, and you know how blatant and honest he was, you know, and and, and again in in a very mean way, but very Scrooge like. Then that that is it is by far my favorite part of the movie. I loved how he um, interacted with all the characters that he created. And funny thing, so my wife turned to me after we saw the movie, and she and she asked, "Do you think he was like?" like bipolar, or schizophrenic, like, <laughs> and, you know, in a way though, in a way, because it kind of, it kind of portrays Charles Dickens as kind of a loony. Um, sure. However, sure. however, I just think it kind of shows uh, just kind of a, um, a, a tribute to his genius because I have no doubt that, you know, when you're creating a story and it's like a, you're, you're creating a world, you're world building when you, you know, you're an author and things like that and creating characters that, you know outside of your world i guess don't necessarily exist and so you know he's having conversations with each of the characters and i just i loved it i thought it was so fun i thought it was very endearing and th- those are the parts of the movie that i think help bring it up to a more lighthearted, fun nature and that yes i think ultimately makes makes it for a good good feeling type christmas movie so yeah i i know yeah go ahead yeah go ahead <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, just to touch on on Christopher Plummer, I think he definitely helped make the movie. Um, you know, in terms of movie Scrooges, he's definitely up there. Yeah, he did a great job, and and I think what also, like you said, what made him fun is how he's not just Scrooge the character; he kind of becomes, um, you know, kind of a, a running commentary or a conscience. And for example, with Uh, with dickens and and like you said commenting on what dickens is doing throughout the story and Interacting in with him when he's out and about in london and and that definitely was a lot of fun and uh, and I also liked You know spinning off of that. I liked how um, You know in his real world when he's not working on the story a lot of the characters would um, spout you know, known lines from a Christmas carol. And and again, like the names, (laughs) he would, he would pause and and then, you know, you know, incorporate that into the story. And, and, uh, you know, he has a a brother-in-law with a, with a son who's sick. And so obviously there's little visual nods to, you know, Bob Cratchit and and tiny Tim. And so those things also add to just, if, if you really know a Christmas carol and if you, if you love that story, I think that's what really helps the man who invented Christmas become even more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and so this is actually you just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you. So, you know, the movie the movie title is it's based off of the book that came out I believe in two thousand eight, which is also titled The Man Who Invented Christmas. And I and I just just online and things like that. You know, just I, I'm I'm regularly on Twitter and. And uh, social media, just you know, looking at what people say about movies, and I came across uh, some people who were saying that they felt that um, the title was very, um, what's how to describe it? Um, that they were they were reaching basically was saying that you know that Charles Dickens was the man who invented Christmas, just because oh, okay. there were there were other stories, um, very well known stories that came out uh, before A Christmas Carol, like The Night Before Christmas. I guess that came out almost 20 years before Christmas Carol. And so they're like, you know, why, why would you say that he's the man who invented Christmas? You know, when, you know, there were other popular stories before Christmas Carol. However, however, do you remember that scene of the movie where he's talking, he's talking with his publishers and when he, he, he tells them that he wants to write a story about a Christmas story and they discourage him and they say, no one really celebrates Christmas anymore. Do you remember that scene? Right, I do. I do. Did that? Did that strike you as odd at all? Like that? Wait, wait, wait. wait. It is that? Was that like a thing? Was that true? Was Christmas really not that popular back then?
1: I think the way I took it is just um, is just that it wasn't. You know, it was. You know, still a festive time, but I don't think it was uh, a topic or or a subject that was like really singled out to you know spend his time, you know, creating a story focusing solely on that. I think to them, it was just, you know, kind of on the level of, uh, of a birthday in a sense, nothing to really, you know, you don't write books about people's birthdays necessarily. And so, so I think that's what the, the gist of that scene was, was just saying like, really, that's kind of a waste of your time. Nobody's going to read a book about Christmas. Yes. And it's, it's how I took it. And so, Um, and, and it's funny that you, you brought that up about people thinking it's, it's kind of misleading to call them the movie or, or the original book, the man who invented Christmas. Um, you know, because I get what they're saying. I, I, you know, about, uh, the night before Christmas, which, which technically I think is a poem. It's not really a book. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree. I think because what that title is hinting at is just how popular uh, a Christmas Carol was not only in its day, but how it's, you know, had that staying power to still be a very relevant and moving story that helps foster the Christmas yes. spirit. I, yes, I think I think that's really a Christmas Carol's power. I mean, we talked about how you and I both love Christmas movies, but you know, not every one of them resonates as much as as the story of a Christmas Carol does with with you. even if you if you are kind of a Scrooge in your own right, I think you still, kind of have those emotions hit on when you, when you get to the end of the story.
0: Yes, no, I I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, (laughs) you know, I, I know, I I know those, you know, the Hallmark Christmas movies, you know, the, the the, the cheesy (laughs) romance ones, you know, those are popular this time of year. And, and yeah, like a lot of Christmas movies, you know, help me kind of feel like, Oh, it's Christmas season. You know, like last night, my wife and I, we just watched uh, the Tim Allen, uh, uh, um, the Santa Claus, you know, okay, from, you know yeah. from the early nineties, you know, and those movies are fun. But, but for me personally, when I think of what, what, what is the, the true essence and spirit of, of the Christmas season, what it means to me, it is all, it always comes back to a Christmas Carol. And you're right. This, this book and this story, you know, just, I, I think what, 170 years, I, I think it came out mm-hmm. in 1943 or 1843 this this story has had huge staying power and and i think it will for generations to come and so yes i think i think yeah maybe 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 people might think that it's a reach to say oh you know charles dickens the man who invented christmas but i think it's not very far out of You know, out of, I guess, the realm of possibility or not possibility, but just, but just, but just, yeah, what that story has meant to so many people all over the world and what it has done to create, you know, really specific traditions and things like that, you know, to make it a main staple. And so, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, uh, this is one of the last things I kind of like to ask people, uh, Ernie, on our movie review, if there was any specific message or theme that you took away from the movie. Um, so I, I can go first, or if you'd like to go first, uh, um, yeah. What? How would you? How would? How would <laughs> how you? About,
1: okay. Okay. Sure. So that that how sounds good. I'll let you go first, and I'll think on that for a second.
0: Yeah, and I I hope I didn't spring that on you. I know I gave you the the movie. I thought I'd given you the movie out or a uh, podcast outline before. So, uh, yeah. So take your time, think about it. But uh, for me, for me, what I I just enjoyed the most about this movie is that ultimately the spirit that was that that people get from the book a christmas carol and what they receive is a spirit that charles dickens put in himself from his own life his own experiences and how he viewed the world and i and i just i love how real it makes the book and so it's not it's not a fairy tale it's not a fantasy the things that are discussed in the book are things that he experienced himself in his own life the hardships that he had growing up as a child, the broken relationships that he had with family members and the personal struggles from failures and successes of his own career. You know, that, that I just, I don't know when, when I think Charles Dickens, I just, I think a Christmas Carol and I love how the movie showed how it is. It's like the embodiment of the author himself and everything that he experienced in his own life and his own personal view on the world. And so that, that's kind of the I guess the the overall theme that I took away from the movie um you want me to give you some more time to think about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no I'm good I, I you know just to, before I answer that question just to, to piggyback kind of on what you were saying I think that's the last I guess you know positive really positive thing I would say about the movie is that I'm right there with you I like how through the movie you kind of see how Dickens's life kind of um you know kind of marries into the story a christmas carol there's tons of elements that mirror each other and like you said earlier where dickens himself is scrooge to some degree and and so that said i think the thing i take away from it is is kind of the thing i take away from the book itself which is you know it's never too late for a person to yeah. change yeah um and and i think that's why the story itself is, is so powerful is it's just a reminder of that is that to your point like you were saying dickens had a lot of hardship in his life you know um his dad and, and mom being taken away from him and him putting into uh, a shoe factory i think it was where he was a boot black um and then you know kind of the financial hardships that we talked about and you know that kind of created a hardness to him you know when when times got a little tight you know especially when he's working to get the book finished yes but I think ultimately by the end of the movie uh, you know he realizes the changes that need, he needs to make personally and that's reflected and that helps him finish out the book and so you know if I had to think about it really hard I think that's the one thing that would come back is just that message of it's if it's never too late for a person to to change to overcome, whatever difficulties they have and, and choose, like you said, to change their outlook as well and, and choose to be positive instead of focusing on the negative and, and be a better person and in, in a more uh, contributing member of society, I think, if you have that positivity. And so um, that's why I think The Man Who Invented Christmas is good, is, is, is a really good Christmas movie, is that it just shows that message uh, in a little different light because you get a better understanding of Dickens as well. And uh, and that's why it's so uh, successful.
0: Well said, my friend. Well said. Okay, so uh, Ernie, we have uh, arrived at the end of the f- podcast and our movie. Re- well, not the podcast, but our movie review. So let's go <laughs> ahead and go on to our very last segment, and that is our um, Backseat Director's recommendation.
1: Our recommendation.
0: Okay, Ernie, so what would you recommend to the listeners on The Man Who Invented Christmas? Is this a go-see-it movie? Is this a a maybe wait meaning you enjoy the movie you think it's worth seeing at least once but you know you can wait till it you know comes to Redbox or something like that or is it a no go what do you recommend
1: I would say you know despite the fact like we talked about how it stumbles a little bit at the beginning I think overall it's really entertaining uh, I think it's a good movie to see uh, right now the Christmas season and then Christmas is to come so I definitely see say go see it
0: and i second that recommendation ernie i also give it a go see it recommendation i really enjoyed this movie um you know just for my own personal love of a christmas carol and of charles dickens i'll probably end up buying this movie anyway and uh who knows yeah it could become one of those annual you know christmas time movies just to you know get you into the spirit of christmas so (laughs) Well, well ernie thank you man that that is our that is our podcast and our movie review of the man who invented christmas thanks for joining me
1: Thanks, Andre. This was a lot of fun and uh, definitely worth the wait to get on. But uh, but yeah, I had a blast with talking about the movie with you.
0: Well, good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So why don't you, uh, Ernie, let our listeners know how they might follow you on social media or if they want to read you your movie reviews, how to get a hold of you.
1: Sure. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Cinematic Living. And then my website is uh, cinematicliving.weebly.com so um and that'll actually change in a a week or so where it'll just be cinematicliving.com so um but you can find my reviews there on the website and i also do uh occasional uh commentary um on the awards season that's coming up as well so um and there's also a a movie release date calendar so tons of stuff for for listeners to check out and hopefully will be useful to them
0: yeah, and I'll make sure to post all of your uh, information in the show notes, so people, you know, just they can just click the link and get a hold of you that way as well. So, uh, Ernie, thank awesome. you. Yeah, no, thank you. It, it was a pleasure. It, it very much enjoyed having you on. And- uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in listening to our movie review of The Man Who Invented Christmas. If you guys want to stay up to date, uh make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other podcast outlet. And uh on behalf of Ernie, this is Andre with Backseat Directors. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh. So find your seat in the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet and turn off your phone